Welcome to Strange Land, everybody. It is I, Dr. Dark, back again after another little mini hiatus. And sorry about that, everybody, but I'm back. And this week, we're going to do a bit of an all encompassing episode surrounding UFOs, aliens, UAPs, which I guess that's what they call UFOs now is UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomena. And the reason why I'm going to do this all encompassing episode is because there's so many different, what I would call very specific reported events or theories, i.e. Area 51, Hangar 18, etc. And I don't think you need another hour, two hour long soliloquy about Area 51. I may give that to you at some point in time, but it's not going to be right now. And that goes for a lot of these reported events. So without further ado, let's get this started. So the reason why I decided to do this episode is because I'm a TikTok fiend. I'm not proud of it, but I have a little bit of an addiction to it. And the algorithm just keeps feeding me more and more conspiracy theory stuff, but recently a lot of alien and UFO type stuff because there's been another pretty, well, now it's pretty famous reporting of an alien sighting slash UAP crash out in Las Vegas. And so I decided, you know what? I'm fascinated with this stuff. But like I said at the beginning, you don't, you don't need me to ramble on about something that you've heard 500 times already or more. You feel me? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give a brief overview of some of the more famous reported events, sightings, etc. And then we're going to talk more about where we're at currently in time with things and the stuff that's been coming out from the government, etc., etc. So in order to do this, we're going to go back some. And really the mainstream fascination and reports of sightings and the like didn't really take off until the 1950s. But for accuracy purposes, let's just start with arguably the most famous one, which was in 1947, and that is Roswell. Everybody's heard of Roswell. And Roswell was basically this dude named Mac Brazel. On his farm, he finds some wreckage that seems to be out of the ordinary. And he takes it to the authorities and kickstarts a lengthy lengthy ass bout of lies, cover-ups, deflections, weather balloon bullshit that we're still hearing about today. We, the people, see something up in the sky and the government's like, eh, it's, it's a, that's a weather balloon. So what? Get the fuck out of here. And so to this day, Roswell's a big one. And if you look at the pictures of the stuff that Mac Brazel found on his farm. I don't know, man. It kind of looks like some tinfoil, duct tape. It just, it, it doesn't seem legit to me. But again, this is 1947. The aliens may not have been fully up to speed with their tech at that time. But again, 
it just looks a little fishy to me. Moving on, mentioned this at the beginning, Area 51. So in 1955, the CIA, the Air Force, and Lockheed Martin, everybody needs to do some research on Lockheed Martin, who is one of the government's biggest contractors. Lockheed Martin is the contractor who developed Skunk Works, who I spoke about in a previous episode regarding the secret space program. And what they did is they built a training range in southern Nevada for the purpose of developing and testing of aircraft. Now, over the years, theories on what goes on there has stayed fairly consistent. And the CIA had to fess up to the existence of the base in 2013 due to a FOIA request. Today, it is an absolutely massive no-fly zone. The no-fly zone over Area 51 is 23 by 25 miles. That's fucking insane. Now, there's skeptics out there that state, hey, this is a legit military base. There doesn't necessarily have to be anything fishy going on. There doesn't necessarily have to be anything related to aliens and UFOs going on. But because of the conspiratorial nature of it, and over decades, the theories and the rumors that have gone on about Area 51, that the military and the government had to put in a massive no-fly zone and have the type of security that they do there so that they don't get overran with fanboys and tourists looking for a gray. That said, some of the reports that have come out of Area 51 that have come from people who have claimed to have worked there, most famously Bob Lazar, has contended that it is a site for the experimentation of UFOs. Moving on, Project Blue Book. It was a government-directed program headquartered at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in near Dayton, Ohio. It was started in 1952, and it was terminated in 1969. What it was was a program that was started to determine if UFOs were slash are real and to analyze the evidence of these reports. Because when you had these situations with Roswell, with Area 51 being built, and all of these reports coming out, there's always going to be a group of wackos out there who are just making shit up, who just want their 15 minutes of fame, whatever. You're going to have that, no matter what. So you can imagine the number of calls and reports coming in about, hey, I saw Elvis flying a silver banana that was shooting lasers down at my farm that were going up my sheep's butthole. You can't have that. You can't have that kind of tomfoolery. This needs to be taken seriously. These things need to be vetted properly. Hence, Project Blue Book. And going along with Project Blue Book, we mentioned Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, where Project Blue Book was stationed there in Dayton, Ohio, which is home, reportedly, to Hangar 18, which the military and government systematically deny the existence of. And Hangar 18 is reportedly 
allegedly, where the wreckage and the alien corpses from the Roswell incident were transported. And that's where a lot of the experimentation was going on, or still is going on, according to some people. Hell, the band Megadeth even made a song about Hangar 18. Then you have Skinwalker Ranch out in Utah. In the 1980s, that place was a hotbed of weird findings, including spontaneously appearing crop circles, mutilation of cattle that, in a very surgically precise manner and without any blood left at the scenes, lest we forget skinwalkers themselves. And the whole concept or theory of skinwalkers is, I believe, has increased in popularity over the past couple of years. Lots of videos out there of people claiming they have seen skinwalkers. And then the stories of alien abductions throughout the decades are countless. And many of the people who have reported alien abductions report very similar experiences. And I know and the naysayers will say, well, it's easy to make this kind of stuff up when you hear one individual's accounts. And then you just take that and you tweak it a little bit. Have a lot of it be very, very similar. But just make a few changes. And maybe they're right. Maybe the naysayers are right. We have, we've had so many movies, so many TV shows that have been made on the subject. Close Encounters of the Third Kind, X-Files, War of the Worlds, The Fourth Kind, Project Blue Book, and on and on and on and on and on. Mork and Mindy, give it up for Robin Williams. Rest in peace, homie. So what's real? I mean, we know the government lies to its people under the guise of national security. They do this routinely, so it's really hard to trust anything they actually say. Look no further than recent events. If you remember mid-pandemic, all of a sudden there's CIA declassifications of certain documents etc. revolving around UFOs, UAPs, which by the way, I just realized I was saying UAPs incorrectly, what that stands for. It's not unidentified aerial phenomena. I'm an idiot. It's unidentified anomalous phenomena. So there, I corrected myself. If you remember back mid-pandemic, We get all this declassification stuff, but it's like nobody gave a shit because everything was so batshit crazy during that time. It was, it was very bizarre how little interest there was about it. You've had multiple military personnel come out with their own personal accounts of witnessing UAPs, having videos of it, totally unexplainable in many cases as well. And we've seen numerous videos now. And I'm not just talking about the ones that normal, everyday citizens like you and me are taking. I'm talking about the ones of Navy pilots, etc. Numerous videos of disc-shaped aircraft flying at incredible speeds. Cigar-shaped craft. Triangular-shaped craft. 
And with the advent of these incredible little cell phones that we all have now, it's very easy to get photographic slash video evidence, if you will. But it's also incredibly easy to fabricate these things as well with the high-tech editing software available to the masses. Now, the most recent events that we're going to focus on. We'll start with the incident at the 29 Palms military base in the Mojave Desert. So back in 2021, there were reports and video taken by over 50 military members. And they all reported pretty much the exact same thing. And if you see the video of it, it is incredibly compelling, especially having 50 military members report the same thing. It looks almost like initially there's five light and they're spread out a decent amount, but you can tell they're all coming from the same, well, in this case, the same craft. And the lights are almost shaped like a boomerang. But when the video gets lightened up a bit, you see a distinct triangular-shaped aircraft. Now, numerous people were like, well, it could have been flares that they shot up. And you hear the military members stating, no, it couldn't be flares because that thing stayed in the sky anywhere from certain ports, say, 10 minutes-ish. Other individuals stated it was upwards of 25 minutes that that thing stayed in the sky unmoving. This was so compelling. There's a documentary filmmaker by the name of Jeremy Corbell who went out there and he interviewed these individuals and analyzed this footage and whatnot. And he's a very well-known and very well-respected individual. And he's been on the news circuits lately, pretty much saying, this looks pretty damn legit. Now, some people came out, I'm guessing our government or military, saying that there were training exercises going on in that airspace around the same time of multiple helicopters being up in the sky, of them shooting off flares, etc. And even a still image of one of these training exercises where there's five lights positioned pretty damn similar to what was seen. And they stated that those were flare tests. But again, you go back to what these military personnel were stating that there's no way that they were flares because flares fall after about two to three minutes. And this thing stayed in the air, unmoving for 10 to 25 minutes. Plus, on top of that, even without enhancing or brightening up the video, multiple people stated that you could see a distinct outline of a, like a black triangle. Just within the past week, you have this former Pentagon intelligence official turned whistleblower named David Grush, who has come out stating that the U.S. government, well, the world's governments, are in possession of countless UAP slash UFOs, both fully intact and partially intact, and that they have illegally kept this information from Congress and are working to weaponize this technology. But to be fair, Grush has stated that he himself has not seen any of this evidence firsthand, 
but he was given the information by reputable individuals who under secrecy have corroborated this info. Now, part of what Grush came out with, he says that he tried to turn some of this information over to Congress, but suffered retaliation by the government. To back David Grush up, a current U.S. intelligence official at the National Air and Space Intelligence Center, his name's Jonathan Gray, he has come out and confirmed the existence of these aircraft. Now, a publication that goes by The Debrief was the first to report on this, and they spoke with several of Grush's former colleagues, including a retired Army colonel who vouched for Grush and his character. You know, people will say, well, he could be fabricating all this for attention. True. Could be. But look at it from the Occam's Razor standpoint. He went to Congress with this info, as well as the intelligence community inspector general. And there are very severe consequences for lying about this stuff before coming public with this. What would he have benefited by? trying to bring this to the attention of Congress, and then subsequently suffering retaliation. He didn't gain shit. And not to be beaten out. But just within the past week, again, I think it was within a couple of days of this whole David Grush whistleblower story, you had the report slash video slash 911 phone call of the kid out in Las Vegas saying that there was an alien in his backyard. And this coincided with police body cam footage of something falling from the sky out there in Las Vegas. Now, all of this took place, and I didn't realize this, back in the beginning of May. May 1st, to be specific. And why the hell, in this day and age, why in the hell do these types of videos take so goddamn long to gain momentum and hit YouTube? All that did was help validate those who are claiming that this was put out there to deflect away from Grush. And who can blame some of the naysayers who say that this whole Vegas incident is a hoax? But I digress. We'll get into it. Because, again, anymore, it's hard to believe what's real, man. Hard. It is hard. God damn work trying to figure out what the hell's real. So Vegas, May 1st, multiple police officer body cams catch what looked like a bright, fairly large, greenish colored object falling from the sky. Many claim that it was a meteorite. I don't know. Obviously, that whole area is ripe with military bases who are claiming they had nothing to do with this. And you have numerous other people who have come out stating they saw the same thing. Then, this family, this young man, called 911 to report on the same night that something crashed near his house. And that when he, and I believe it was his brother and his father, went outside and looked in their backyard, he reported seeing two 8 to 10 foot tall beings with large eyes looking at them. And I'm guessing you all have seen the video of this by now. I've watched this video so many times. The OG video and numerous times on TikTok from people who have tried to enhance it. And I can't see shit. 
The closest I came is one where some guy actually focused on something moving directly behind the fence, as though something was crouching down, like right next to them, hiding. But the other video? I don't know. Yeah, I guess maybe there could be something hiding behind that tractor. Something that could be a head with an eye blinking and a little mouth opening. But then you have douchebags who are trying to enhance the video and saying, look, it's true. Look how big this thing is. And they're focusing in on a goddamn palm tree. I mean, come on. And the young man who reported this all, he stated that the whole, the aura and the environment was being affected by their presence, almost making everything look and feel blurry. Because everything's blurry. And you couple that with reports that the police that did show up to the scene They shut their body cams off or completely blacked them out for some reason. I guess you can still hear the audio. Maybe not. I may be mistaken here. I did hear something very specific to the fact that they blacked out their cams, which I guess is out of the ordinary. Again, I don't fucking know. But this kid, he also, after the fact... He said that the aliens and their craft had left a, uh, an imprint in their backyard, which looked like a gravel driveway, like a really big gravel parking lot. But an aerial view showed that there was this circular pattern. But a lot of people on the internet, because you can't beat the internet, they pulled up some past Google aerial images of that property. And that same exact pattern has been there for a hot minute. So, I don't know. Something just seems a little fishy with this one. So it's almost as though either certain government entities, even non-government entities, are being forced into making statements about this. Hell, NASA had a whole hearing on it on the UFO UAP reports and what came of it. So I watched some of it. Well, not a whole hell of a lot, pretty much the bare minimum, to be honest with you. They acknowledged some reports as being legit and that they don't really know what to make of some of these videos slash images, et cetera. It's like, thanks guys. Now you, you really brought the thunder there. And remember NASA is just a cover for the U.S. secret space program, Solar Warden, which I discussed in a previous episode. And then we have numerous, numerous experts who are getting increased screen time lately. For example, Stephen Greer. Stephen Greer is a renowned UFOologist. Dr. Gary Nolan, he's a Stanford professor in immunology and biotechnology who also has been, I don't know if he was drug into the whole aliens and UFO stratosphere unwillingly a few years ago, but he's, he's a pretty good authority on the matter now. And they're both claiming that 
we don't have to uh, prepare ourselves for the aliens' arrival because they're already here. And they've been making their presence known for a hot minute. Greer has gone so far as to state that he 100% believes that they are peaceful and mean absolutely no harm, arguing that, you know, if they were violent, they could have and would have taken us out a while back due to all the shitty things we've done as a species. To wrap this up, I decided to have a little bit of fun with this. So, humor me. Say we need to designate an ambassador to the aliens. And because it's more fun this way, make it someone famous. Because if I start spewing off, you know, rando friends from down the block, it's not going to be interesting. So we'll make it fun. And we'll make it people who are famous. Hell, I mean, we can even list a few different ones. And then a few who we absolutely would not want having any dealings with the aliens, as we would for sure all die due to these individuals' ineptitudes. All right, I'm going to throw out some names here. I came up with a few in each category. So for those who I would want to be an alien ambassador, you got to go with a couple of intellects. But not just your intellects who have no social skills. That would be no bueno. So you want an intellectual with the ability to articulate. I'm going Sam Harris, Brene Brown, and Neil deGrasse Tyson. They are leading my team of intellects. That's a pretty damn good selection right there. So then my non-intellects, and I'm not saying these people aren't smart before anybody gets all in a fucking tizzy. I'm just saying they're not on that level. I'm going Snoop Dogg, Red Man, and Doug Stanhope. So two rappers and a comedian. I think that's a pretty damn good team right there. Now, for those who we have to keep far, far away. I mean, as far away as you possibly can. The obvious one. DJT. Donald J. Trump. Cannot have it. Cannot have the big orange goblin being an ambassador. Having any communication with the aliens. What a shit show that would be. Even if they came here in peace and they were trying to bestow upon us their wisdom and their technology and whatnot, he'd fuck it up. No doubt. Kanye? Oh. Kanye, hell no. Gotta keep him away. Gotta keep Bill Gates away. Elon Musk. Can't have them either. Ted Cruz? That, uh, that'd be a shit show. Gwyneth Paltrow. That's my last one. Gwyneth Paltrow was, would be an abject disaster because all she'd want to do is she'd want to harvest some alien skin cells and make a vibrator or a candle out of it. So we can't have that. I'll be interested to see how this all plays out. Like everything that I get my hopes up for, it usually crashes and burns. And I'm pretty confident that this is going to just fade away. Because God forbid we have anything interesting go on. But hit me up. Email me. 
Welcome to Strangeland at Proton.me. Consider becoming a Patreon subscriber for those subscriber-only episodes. Hit me up on social media. You know the drill. So, until next time, stay strange, everybody.